Hey, Nick. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How do you feel being in front of a microphone? Feels great. Feels good, right? Feels natural. Feels natural. All right, so we decided a couple weeks, like last week, that we were going to make a movie or a podcast based on time travel movies. That's right. And I guess coinciding with the release of Terminator Genesis, why don't we start there? Seems a natural idea to me. So this is When Are We? Episode 1. And we watched Terminator Genesis. Genesis. This being, of course, the theme song to Terminator 2. Not Terminator 1 or Genesis. This is Terminator 2. The one everybody knows, right? I think it's the one everybody likes most. I would not necessarily agree with that, but we'll get into that a little bit later. All right, so you told me that you were going to go see it this weekend, right? I did. I'm going to turn that down a little bit. It's a great theme song, but... I'm going to turn it down a little bit. So you told me we were going to go see it, and you went and saw it, and I tried to like prompt you, prompt you into giving me information about what you thought about it, and you were like, what, what, what did you say to me? You said, uh, I'm confused, I think was the... Uh, I, I was, yeah, I was a little confused. A little uh, confused. <laughs> I think we need to start first uh, by just going into the plot of this film, and, and Dave, I think... Yeah, if you want to, you can. Go uh, ahead I mean, it's all you. I mean, you saw it more recently than I, so I think let's just go at it. Go That's, at it. Okay. So, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably know the basic concept behind Terminator, which is that sure. in 1984, a cybernetic being from the year 2029 sure. was sent back in time to kill the mother of the leader of the human resistance. The machines had in 1997 launched an all-out nuclear attack against humanity, attempting to wipe them out. They then enslave the remaining survivors, and they are, all hope seems to be lost until until a young leader by the name of John Connor rises up and attempts to take the planet Earth back. Back. And it, in the first Terminator, as you know, the human resistance had crushed Skynet, which yeah. is the robot overlords that they face. Sure. And in a desperate last attempt, had sent back a T-800 Cybernetic Systems Model 101 to kill sure. Sarah Connor. Lovingly the, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Lovingly. Ah, oh, so great. Sent him back to kill the mother of the leader, Sarah Connor. We all love Sarah Connor. The humans uh, trying to, you know, hold on to their victory also sent back a human protector by the name of Kyle Reese to protect Sarah Connor. Sure. And uh, basically, from there, a, a, a franchise was born. A franchise was born. I mean, here's the thing that I always thought about it. If they just made that first one, I think it would have stood on its own and be, been like a great movie in sci-fi history. Then they... Went on and made T2, which was like a huge hit. Just a gigantic hit. Then they made Terminator 3, which I don't mind so much because it actually shows you the, uh, the, the uh, you know, Terminator D-Day and all that, which I always wanted to see it, so there it was. That was kind of nice. Then they made Salvation. Actually, they made the series first. Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Then they made Salvation, and then they uh, made Terminator Genesis. That's that's correct. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a chronology. The, that's yes. a chronology here. The one thing that that always sparked my mind was because the the original guy who made all this, Mr. James Cameron, uh, 
which could possibly go down as one of the greatest directors of all time. Right? He is the king of the world. He's the king of the world. I, I thought automatically, I went and looked at it, and I saw that he was like a consultant or at least an executive producer on all the movies and the show. And actually, they're, still, they're making a new show uh, on it, too, and he's still the executive producer. They're in works of making a new show, which will be interesting to see where they go with that, if they pick up on Sarah Connor Chronicles or if they just do a whole new thing. Because Sarah Connor Chronicles was, like, batshit crazy. They, they went all over the place, and they, took, they pretty much didn't even pay attention to three or anything like that. So I went and looked to find out what Mr. James Cameron thought of the, the Genesis. Do you want to hear what he has to think? I'd love to hear. All right, let me get this queued up, and we'll we'll talk about it. Am I derailing this at all, or no? You're doing fine. Um, y- you know, I think that I I did not sit through the entire Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, I, I unfortunately did. Sitting down. Stop that, James. I unfortunately did, and it was they they took a lot of liberties. A lot of liberties. It's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. So this is what Mr. James Cameron thought of Genesis. Had no idea what to expect sitting down. I wasn't involved in the making of the film. I didn't direct it. I didn't write it. I'm just a fanboy. It's my dark theater. Movie starts. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. And I start to see things I recognize being very respectful of the first two films. Nice night for a walk, eh? Your clothes, give them to me, now. And then all of a sudden it just swerves. I've been waiting for you. And now I'm going on a journey. I feel like the franchise has been reinvigorated, like this is a renaissance. If you look at why the films became classics, they had characters that you like. The Terminator. It is nice to meet you. I've been trying to teach him to blend in. I know it needs work. The new film, which in my mind I think of as the third film, we see Arnold take the character even farther. Everybody responds to Sarah Connor. Nice try. For women, I think she represents a kind of empowerment. And yet there's a vulnerability there because that strength comes at a price. John. Hi, Mom. How can you be here? We went from, in the first film, the Terminator being the worst badass in history, to in the second film, him being almost a father figure. What are you doing? John! The idea of taking John Connor and flipping him to the bad guy. What have they done to my son? Survival is what you taught me. It's pretty cool because you got to riff against expectation. It's all about the twists. I'm not machine, not man, I'm more. If you like the Terminator films, Run! I'll be back. You're going to love this movie. So there you have it. Mr. James Cameron gives his approval of Genesis. The one thing that I really found interesting is that he said, I consider this Terminator 3. So he totally disregards Terminator 3 and 4, which is amazing. I thought it was hilarious that he just went, you know what? I don't like them, so they don't exist. 
I wish we all could could have that privilege. I know, right? Um, yeah, well, you know, it's he has an Oscar, and it's not for acting, and that's probably, there's a reason to that. Yeah, there definitely is. So, as Mr. Cameron was saying, the idea of Terminator Genesis is that we begin where the first one started, with the arrival of the T-800 and Kyle Reese, but things are a little different. Things are a little different. Sarah Connor has uh, had foreknowledge of the Judgment Day and the arrival of the Terminator and has her own private Terminator to protect her. Guarding her her whole life, ever since she was, what, 11, I think they said. And they together decide to stop Skynet from the very beginning. And Skynet is Genesis. Genesis is Skynet. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Sure. That is important, though. Very important. So Kyle Reese arrives in 1984. He uh, is on his way to stop the T-800, runs into a T-1000. What's he doing there? I don't know. I thought it was nice, though. It was that very progressive idea that they had a, a, a different race for the Terminator. Sure. You got you to gotta throw in a different race. You really got to throw know? in that diversity. You gotta, yeah. You got to get that diversity. Everyone's working in this thing. Yeah, totally. So as Kyle Reese is realizing that the time... Ha- that Time has essentially shifted from what he was expecting. Sarah's aware of the Terminator. She's aware of Skynet, and she's looking to stop it. He suddenly realizes that the future that he knows of is different. Different. And it's all based on the fact that as he was getting sent back into time, John Connor is, I guess, abducted by a T-5000. Is that, is that yeah. what it is? And then be, I, I was researching this. He becomes abducted by a T-5000 and then essentially becomes a T-3000. This is all online. I looked it up. I'm not making this up. This is legitimate. <laughs> this is what happened. People have done more research than we have yes, on this. Yes, they have, which is why the internet exists, right? <laughs> so what's interesting to me is how that happened. Because we could go, I, I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I really want to hear what you thought of the movie as itself. Just as a, as a Terminator as film? As a Terminator fan and a Terminator film. <sighs> I, I'll say this. It was better than 3. It was better than 3, and I think it was better than Salvation. Well, Salvation, I don't even want to talk about Salvation. There's no time travel in Salvation. No, there's no time travel in Salvation, and it just, the, nothing happens in Salvation. Completely That's what irrelevant. really killed me about Salvation is that nothing happened. It's, it's an action movie. It's just an action movie. But they had opportunity to do something. They even wrote alternate endings for Salvation, which if they did those things, this, actually, the, this new one, Genesis, would have made more sense. And that's going to lead me down a road of what happens in time travel, if you will, for the Terminator whole as a series. But um, the alternate ending for Salvation was when uh, John Connor is on his deathbed because he got stabbed in the heart. If you remember correctly, he got stabbed in the heart. He goes into surgery and um, what's his name? Um, He's a half robot, half man. He gives him his heart to survive, if you remember correctly, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So what happens in the alternate writing was uh, that that didn't happen at all. John Connor was actually uh, taken over by the half-robot, half-man and adopted him, so he was now John Connor. And then as he comes out of that tent, he kills everyone there, becoming John Connor, Skynet. Okay. Which would have made a lot more sense if you followed that straight into 
Genesis, which is what he became in Genesis. Well, that's essentially what happens is he's taken over by a new type of Terminator that uses some kind of nanotechnology. This is like a nanobot. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what the, they were. This is one of those like murky sci-fi principles. They don't really, it's they don't tough. bother getting into it because it just, it, like, right. It's just it's fuel for a special effect later on. Yeah, um, exactly. But which was badass special effects. I'll give them that. They really upped their game in that. Sure. So in the film, uh, Kyle Reese starts to remember things that he doesn't remember from his previous life, and he realizes he's absorbed memories of a different timeline. And it's a timeline in which Skynet did not destroy the world in 1997. Instead, Skynet makes Judgment Day happen in 2017. Right. And Then he, he has to convince... The Terminator being Pops and... <laughs> Let's get ahead of ourselves now. Pops is a whole... We'll whole get, other We'll thing. get into Pops. And, uh, and Sarah Connor, not to go to 1997, but rather go to 2017, where they're going to stop Genesis or Skynet. That's essentially it. That's essentially it. So, Reese and Sarah, they get into a time machine that the T-800 just sort of had a... I guess some sort of manual. He went to Radio Shack. He bought he a couple it. of things, and yeah, you know, he, he was able to uh, and a dial-up. I'd imagine too. Like 1984, <laughs> they probably didn't even have dial-up. I mean, was, they probably did. It was like you know, you put the phone receiver on that special box, right. and that's how and you connected, connected to the yeah. future. Uh, so they find themselves in 2017, and it's not dissimilar to the world we live in now. Well, Everybody, it's only two years. Yeah, it's true. Everybody's got iPads. Every, or not iPads. They're right. not iPads. They're Samsung products. They're probably, yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, ThinkPads of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Some, sort some weird thing. Lesser thing that no one right. would actually use. But they are on the cusp of the introduction of a new operating system called Genesis. Genesis. Which everyone is way too excited about. Like yeah. way more excited even than like the launch of the next iPad. You know, like yeah. they're like, this is this is it, man. This is everything that's going to be. This is amazing. Like everyone's way too excited about it. Which really made me laugh a little bit because, like, uh, there was that one scene where Sarah is walking around the hospital and everyone's on their phone, everyone's on their iPad, which was like telling of like us, you know, like we we've become Skynet in our own little way. We're just constantly on. I mean, looking at you, you're sitting in front of a computer. We're that's what we are now, right? That's what we are. We are Skynet. <laughs> We're all connected. Uh... But here's, here's what really irked, well, not really irked me about the movie, but made me wonder, like, what the hell is going on? So you had, how could, in 2029, when they send Kyle Reese back, how could something else happen other than what it did previously? How could another timeline be created? Well, right. as we all saw in Rise of the Machines, uh -huh. you can delay Judgment right. Day, but, but that you cannot stop it because it's no fate what we make for ourselves. Oh, that's true. That leads me into the uh, three areas of time travel within movies. I researched this and I came out with uh, a couple of, of ideas of how we, can, how we can time travel in movies. And I kind of want to use this. I talked to you about this earlier. I kind of want to use this podcast as a, as a jumping point into making our own time travel movie. So I want to come up with like an ending to this podcast will be coming up with the best possible time travel scenario movie that we can just do ourselves or write ourselves. 
I think that's a genius plan and, and something that in the end of all these podcasts that we have something that we're going to take away from it. I'm on board. Uh, I'm on board. So here are the th- three time travel scenarios of which people set into movies. One, multiverse. That's separate and alternate dimensions and parallel universe. I think we all understand that, right? Uh, there could be multiple planes, things happening on multiple planes, and that's kind of what Genesis is, right? Yeah. The butterfly effect which is if you go back and change something, it causes a ripple in time that changes the future. Okay, yeah. Which is Terminator 1. But one singular linear time is right. what you're saying. Well, it's something that, that you go back into the past and, and cause a change to that ripples in time, whether it's a couple of different scenarios or whatever it is. Whatever you change that was supposed to be is going to change the future. Then the third is a fixed timeline which is kind of like the God idea where if you go back, you can't change anything. It's going to be that way no matter what. Like if you go back in time to try to kill your grandfather so that you don't exist, something will cause it so that you never kill your grandfather. Kind of makes sense, right? Makes sense, yeah. So this is what really got me going about the time travel, and, and, or t- Terminator as it were. That's what we're talking about, right? Yes. So the Terminator 1 was kind of that, that, uh, the, the butterfly effect where they're going back to kill Sarah Connor so that it changes the future and John Connor never existed, right? That's right. And then the same thing with Terminator 2, they're going back to kill John so that he doesn't grow up to be the leader of the free world. Yes. Terminator Genesis does not follow that. No, Terminator Genesis changes everything and becomes the multiverse where even if Reese goes back in time to, ki- to, save, to save Sarah Connor, he never has John Connor, yet they go back into the future, back to the future, not this podcast. Not yet. Where, where John Connor can still exist. I think this is the first time we've seen this in the Terminator universe. An alternate world where John Connor is still the leader of the human resistance, but it's different. But it's different, yeah. Regardless if it's different or not, it's, it changes the aspect of what kind of time travel movie this is. Well, uh, you know, that's an interesting way to get into what I was going to say, which is that, you know, the first Terminator and Terminator 2 and even Terminator 3 present this interesting problem. And it's, it's sort of a flaw in the script writing, but it's, okay. it's not necessarily a, a problem in the first three, which is that you have these machines. It's, it's a causality problem. Mm-hmm. You have these machines. They have a need to kill the leader of the resistance. Sure. So they send back these machines ostensibly to kill him, yep. thus preventing him from being born. But the problem is that, well, once you kill him, they'll have no motivation. They'll not know to send a Terminator back. Right. That, that, that causes a whole nother thing you of like, just, that's like, what wraps your brain up and being like, it, what the hell is time travel? You know? It's sort of like what Sarah Connor says, you know, a person can go crazy thinking about it. Sure. Uh, but... The issue here is that that was always, to me, a, a flaw. But it was it was a flaw you could forgive because it's not really what these movies are. What right. the first movies were really about. You know, these are actual these are just action movies, and there's this nice little sort of framework of time travel right. that you can just sort of prop them up against. This movie, yep. highlights that problem. Sure, and, and, and double highlights it, underlines it, underlines it it. it. it makes it the whole point, which is that there. These machines are living in a world where John Connor is the leader of the human resistance sure. and is the impetus for them to go back in time. So by killing John Connor, 
you're not necessarily changing the universe they live in. You're creating an alternate world exactly. in which there's no John Connor. So my question is, what is the motivation of these machines? Are they just not able to think outside that box? Well, Do I they think not they, realize I that they need to create a new... They're creating a new timeline in which they still don't win in their timeline. Right. But there is going to be a timeline, a universe, a multiverse somewhere where they win. Sure. And I think that that's kind of the whole inherent thing of like the time travel in this universe is that nobody really understands how it works. It keeps adapting and keep throwing curveballs at everybody, robots or humans. And I don't think they thought that it was not going to be the butterfly effect, but rather the multi-universe effect where different timelines exist. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But then, you know, by that token, there should be one extreme where, in that case, there's an extreme where the robots win. They yep. kill John Connor. There's never any resistance. They just wipe out humanity. But then there also has to be a universe where Skynet never takes over and never launches sure. the nuclear attack. So one, wouldn't you logically want to infiltrate that timeline sure. rather than the timeline they're in now? Well, that's the thing. I feel like once you start creating these universes is that you're going back to a timeline that doesn't affect you at all. Like, that's the thing is that you're living in that timeline where that's the existence that it is. Mm -hmm. You're not going to change it. And I think that's what kind of showcased in Genesis is that he goes back in time to John Connor, the bad John Connor, goes back in time to, to make sure that Skynet exists and happens. Right. But in the future, it's already happened. Skynet already exists. This is where it fucks your brain up, you know? This is where it gets really all crazy. But then in Terminator 2, this is where, that's where it got really interesting, where Terminator created itself, or Skynet created itself by going back and leaving remnants, that is, his arm or, and the chip, the so CPU. that it actually happens, right? No, that's correct. The, 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 the human, beings, human beings take the the pieces of the Terminator from the original Terminator and from that creates Skynet. Right. So that's actually a nice, sort of a nice, neat little a causality. Nice, neat little, and, yeah. it, and it all kind of makes sense. Right. And then in itself, too, Kyle Reese goes back to create John Connor because he's the father, obviously. But he, if John Connor wouldn't exist if time travel didn't exist. So essentially what has to happen for John Connor to be successful as a leader... There has to be a judgment day. There has right. to be and this that I, purging of most of humanity, this nuclear apocalypse. Right. If and I think that's happen, where that fixed timeline kind of coexists in this world where judgment day is bound to happen no matter what era you're living in or what time you're living in. Eventually it's going to happen. And that's what I kind of liked about all the movies where it keeps getting pushed back because they saved the day, blah, blah, blah. It keeps getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And in this one, it gets pushed back to 2017. Now here's where I felt they should have gone with the movie. It would have been an interesting twist rather than having Arnold adapt into a you know a liquid metal robot. Which well, that's 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 the cherry. The cherry on, on the top because he survives. <laughs> but so they had him come back, right? Back to 1965 when she was 11, right? Or whatever, 1973 when she was 11, so that he pretty much raises her, right? And when asked who sent him back, he said that was erased from my memory. So he doesn't know who sent him back, which obviously is going to be lead up to the next in this trilogy that they're hopefully going to make. There's been rumors that it may not be made because it's not doing well in the box office. Yeah, just, office. just uh, official numbers right uh -huh. now. The Let's budget of $155 million, a box office draw 
of only 224 million. So not made not money. shabby. I mean, no, it made his made money, money back. Uh, that's pretty uh, good, it's, actually. It's, it's not. It's not the kind of numbers that will drive a major studio to invest in two more but, 150 I mean, million dollar movies. It's a name, so it will be made. Whether it's made in the trilogy that they wanted to, or eventually rebooted, eventually it will be made again. Direct to video. Direct to video. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I, I probably would too. So here's what I was getting at. So this is where I felt like they could have gone, and it would have been interesting. So you had him get sent back. Not told who sent him back, right? And his whole thing was to save Sarah Connor, right? In, uh, in the 2017, when they get to the future, you had John Connor come back to be the bad guy, right? To be kind of the face, like kind of like a COO of Skynet, right? He's sort of the Steve Jobs of, right. the, of the apocalypse. If he were this this guy, the the face of Skynet, that as we know it's that in this movie, then he would not ever want Skynet and him would not ever want Sarah to get killed, because they need her to have John Connor so that he becomes the leader of Skynet. Now, if if if. Terminator or Arnold Schwarzenegger, the T-800, whatever, went back to 1965 or 1973 to save Sarah. If it got brought out in the end that he was only there to protect her so that John Connor eventually does become the leader or the leader of Skynet, that would have been a great interesting twist. Okay. Do you follow me where I was going with that? I, th I think so, yeah. Yeah. So Sarah Connor is only protected to ensure Skynet. Now, that, that would be interesting. It would be interesting, would be right? Interesting. Uh, and they could be going there, but I felt like they could have gone there at, at certain points in Genesis, but they chose not to. They chose, because I feel like one thing about it is they're choosing to keep a good face for Arnold. They're not going to make him be bad anymore. They're always going to make him be good. Well, it's that idea that comes up where Kyle Reese's forever suspicious of Arnold and, right. and, is, and assumes that he has some kind of sub-program or something that is eventually going to turn on Sarah right. and John. And, and you're kind of waiting for it, but you're not really suspecting it. If it, they really threw it out there, it would have been an interesting twist onto the whole thing, which is why I also think Salvation, they should have had it so that John became a robot and John Connor would have been the leader of Skynet at the end of Salvation, but they're also, they're pussies there too. They didn't make, the, <laughs> they didn't make that jump. Well, you can't have Christian Bale be the bad guy. Well, it wouldn't have been the bad guy because uh, whatever his name, uh, whatever his name from the the Clash of Ta Clash of the Titans movies. Well, I don't remember his name. Whatever his name was, the guy, the guy, the bad guy, the half robot, half man in Salvation. Faceless. That guy. Actor. I can't remember his yeah, name, but the, he would have been now John Connor, and nobody would have ever saw his face because everyone was killed. He would have killed everybody that knew him. So it would have just been a continuation on into the world of John Connor being ahead of Skynet, which is what happened in Genesis. Yeah, no, and uh, it, it was sort of, uh, it, it was sort of, I get what they were trying to try something a little different, sure. and the, the idea of the, the protagonist, the hero of the previous film, suddenly they turn it on its head, and the only ones who are truly fighting Skynet are Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and by de facto of programming, this T-800, right. old but not sure. obsolete. Old but not obsolete. That was, it was cute. It was really cute, you know? Yeah, it was cute. I don't know if it... I don't think it really fully worked. No, uh, it didn't. Because, I mean, he was still a Terminator, more powerful than any human that lived then, pretty much. 
So whatever. It was old but not obsolete. Um, let's go on. Oh, I was going to say, uh, you know, I, I tried really hard to sort of like this. And I, I think there were elements of it that I did like. And elements that, that were, 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 were acceptable. A little um, rough. A little rough. It was it was a little rough. I think uh, I think I had maybe I had a few issues with sort of how a lot of these characters that we are, are, that we know were portrayed right. in this new film. Sure. Uh, first off, Kyle Reese. You know, we all I know him as Michael Bean. Michael Bean, great actor, fantastic, fantastic in guy. the original and great in Aliens too. Other Cameron amazing vehicles. actor should get more work really. Uh, I think he had some problems. Did he? I think he had drug some, problems. I, I think he had alcohol problems. Alcohol I think he was problems. sort of a, an alcoholic. And he, Poor guy. Well, he got his. He, he's he's sort of gotten himself out of that. At That's least good. from what I hear. I would have liked to have seen him make an appearance in this one too. You know, <sighs> that, that would have been, been nice. Well, you know, this is the thing: is Michael Bean's performance is so good as Kyle Reese because he's so convincing as this soldier from a dystopian, yeah. apocalyptic, terrible future. future. You know, he's got that. Just that thousand yard stare. He does. He, he's kind of dreamy. He's, <laughs> I was going to say, he, it's more that he doesn't have the, you know, he doesn't have the social niceties that right. we all think of. You know, he just, you know, there's this whole thing where he buys the material to make the plastique or the explosions. Right. And, and Sarah's making jokes about it and he just sort of very straight away says right. it's plastique. And it's then a little when they're more, like uh, having a uh, really cutesy moment, he compliments her field dressing when he, when, you know, <laughs> it was really nice. It was a cute yeah, yeah. moment. It was something, it, it was like, this is a soldier. Yeah, it's a soldier. Oh, and a soldier who doesn't know the world as we know it, only a really yeah. terrible future. Yeah, exactly. And in this one, you know, the guy's got jokes. He's, guy he's, sarca- got jokes. he's, got, he's sarcastic. Right. And he, he sort of has this uh, very sort of, modern 21st century ironic attitude about things and he you know he it's it almost feels like sort of uh it's it's a little too winky it's like he's Um, been blogging for years (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah that's right i'd like i'd actually like to see kyle reese's blog oh that'd be great killed three rats today Uh, had two for dinner gave one to the starving child down the down the hallway uh you know so I, i i thought that was a little odd you know i think there's this line that they have when they're in the post-apocalyptic future and john connor they're talking about what do you want after all this is done he's like ah cold beer cold would be nice beer what yeah what how do you know what a cold beer is you yeah, don't have refrigeration no I, mean, I, I mean i'm sure it's cold it's probably a nuclear winter but it's it the last thing you are yeah making. that's the last thing you're thinking about <laughs> and you know it's yeah it was really weird it was definitely weird future that they set upon and uh, the, other, the other interesting thing, which was, you know, the whole multiverse kind of scenario, what, that was an interesting thing, but it was, wasn't explained at all, which kind of, I guess, how could they explain it? Because they dug themselves so deep. But when, when he was, when she was, uh, Sarah Connor was talking to the bad John Connor, she said, you can't kill us because then you'll never be born. And he said something to the effect of, we are refugees of time. We exist everywhere, but yet we exist nowhere. And, and then he said, I am not man, I am not robot, I am something else. That is all they left it at. So, <laughs> so like, I get where they were trying to go with it, but, like, they didn't explain anything and they left it so that, like, you wouldn't even think about it anymore. Well, to get it's this problem of, you know, is Skynet 
aware of how time actually how this how this time travel sure. actually works? Are they aware that they're just they're not they're not altering their own past right. or their own future. They're they're altering the past and the future of some new timeline right. they created that they're never going to see. They're never, never going to be it. aware of. Never going to be aware of it. And I think that inherently what this podcast for me was all about was that the first couple were very linear, where you, the butterfly effect, where you go back in time and you change something and it causes a ripple. Where this one was multiverse and like maybe they're coming to the coming to uh, the conclusion that it's not the butterfly effect this universe ha has always been that they thought it's the multiverse, yeah. and they just didn't know it until now. Well, I mean they're machines; they probably don't think. Three-dimensionally. Yeah. No, Fourth-dimensionally. Fourth they, they don't think fourth-dimensionally. Fourth uh, so, but, uh, you know, going back to sort of the portrayal of these characters and sort of the original versus the this, this new iteration that we're seeing, you know, one of the things, one of the nice things that's always been great, it was, it was present in the original Terminator, but it's really present in T2, was Sarah Connor and, and what she represents and I think they did it really, really well in Terminator 2. You know, Sarah Connor, even more than John Connor, she represents the willingness of humanity to sure. fight. To right. fight. To, 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 she was to, the face of everything in the resistance. She had to be stronger than she could ever imagine. Right. You know? And in T2, she, she sort of represents the, the... She represents humanity's ability to create and to nurture and to love. She's the mother of the resistance. Exactly. You know? And on the other side, you know, she has that really wonderful moment she has with uh, Miles Dyson, the man who creates Skynet. In the second one. In the second one. You know, she, she tries to kill Miles Dyson. She thinks she's stopping Skynet. She fails. She's unable to do it because she can't take another life. Right. She can't to, kill. She can't kill him. And then she goes on the whole tirade of about being a mother. Well, and yeah. John's she has like, this whole Mom! Thing. <laughs> I love that. I, I just love it. She says, you think you're so creative, don't you? You think you're just so creative. All you can do is destroy. You don't know what it's like to have a life inside you, to have something growing inside Mom! you. <laughs> it's like, all right, Mom, I had enough of it. Yeah, that, that's a great scene. And, great and, scene. You know, in this one... She she isn't that. No. She's, she's she's sort of a she's a daddy's girl. Yeah, she is a daddy's girl. And she she just kind of knows she knows how to be a badass. She, but she's not a Ripley. She's right. she's just sort of Well, she's not uh what's her name from the, in the second one where she was just complete badass. Oh, know, Linda Hamilton like, in the yeah, second. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Linda yeah. Hamilton. She, she's complete badass but also has a heart, you know? Yeah. Like we were talking about. You know, it's it's one of those things where Linda ha Linda Hamilton in T2 rides this nice line where she you know obviously does not trust the T800 but she ha she accepts she towards accepts the end that because he's become a father figure to her son yeah to a certain extent she accepts that he's there to protect John and always will to the very end protect John right here it's it's she almost sort of blindly gives over to this machine i mean how odd is it to think that yes i'm being raised by the thing that will eventually try to kill me right uh, it, it is i mean i guess though if you think about it from the director's point of view it's like okay so this this thing is now going to take care of her from when she's 11 right it, that didn't happen in her old life that happened in this life so if you get being taken care of by something and nurtured very well and protected very well from when you're 11 years old, you will buy into the fact that this is your father. 
You will buy into the fact that this is your protector. And who knows what he told her in those years of growing up. Maybe she has no idea that he was supposed to. Well, I guess she does because she, she kills the one that comes back to kill her. But that's a different robot, quote-unquote, air quotes. It's a completely reprogrammed CPU. Exactly. So... The one thing, if we're in this multi-universe that we're creating with Genesis, the one thing that really, like, got me was why in the end do they go to the young Kyle Reese to tell him that Genesis is Skynet? Yeah, and again, this is where the problem lies. That is a problem. Kyle... Let's 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 track this out now. So track you've it. got Kyle from Kyle Reese of the original 1984 Terminator. He doesn't see Judgment Day. He grows up in the ruins. Yeah. He is just a soldier. John Connor, for reasons unknown to him, reasons completely unknown to him, chooses him to go back and save his mother. Right. Fine. In this one, Genesis ostensibly we're following the same timeline but right. john and kyle are now best buds right they're best buds they, they had to establish some sort of relationship there yeah but then you've got this kyle from the genesis future yep. where genesis is this operating system that gets released and you know is going to <laughs> it's then, an app that's going to kill the world <laughs> they got an app for the apocalypse they got an app great. For the apocalypse. <laughs> it's great uh but is essentially going to live in a time before the apocalypse but still live through it yeah and i guess he'll go back in time again that's the one thing i was unclear of but ultimately what ends up happening at the end is that they stopped genesis they stopped it but they still feel that they must continue this causality loop by going and telling this i guess to be safe I guess I guess they to be safe. You say we might as well just do this. We'll take a field trip. Right, but in day. this alternate universe, this kid is going to grow up, never knowing what Genesis is, or maybe down the line, Skynet will revamp itself in this alternate universe. Because if if it's going to inevitably happen in every universe, then maybe it'll happen. But Genesis will never be it. True. You know, and like, why tell this kid that in this timeline where it doesn't matter? That's well, what I was like. Why? Why are we seeing this? I think the idea. Why is this the end of the movie? <laughs> I think the idea is that somehow the memories of the Reese from this, you know, C right. timeline where Genesis is defeated, will somehow ripple into the Kyle Reese of the B timeline, where it's it's not 1997 Skynet that destroys the world; it's 2017 Skynet right. that destroys the world. But again, though, that, that seems so arbitrary. Like, why don't you... What the hell? Why, why? not go again? Why not find the timeline right. where, where there's no nuclear right. apocalypse and tell him? That'd be great. That'd be a great time to do it. Yeah. The other not? interesting thing was, so, I mean, they're, unless they go back in time, Sarah Connor and Michael Bean, I'm going to say Michael Bean because I like that better. Unless they go back to 1984, they're not never going to have at least that age John Connor. So the, the timeline that we know <laughs> yeah. now is John Connor doesn't exist at all other than the one that came back into time. So unless they go back into time, they will never have John Connor, at least so that he's the age. They could have him now in 2017, but yeah. by 2032, he's, he's going to only be a teenager. You know, well, like, exactly, yeah. That's not going to do anything. 
he's he's just gonna be going through puberty. He's not gonna be. He's he's not gonna want to re- lead the free he world. Want to be the. He's gonna be moping around listening to Nine Inch Nails, like you know, like he's Nine Inch be, Nails in 2032. Yeah, I'd imagine that that's really? the only thing that that really goes into the dark days. It's the only thing that. I mean, it's a lot survives of like it. slamming on tin cans. You know what I'm saying. Speaking of survival and the post-apocalyptia, um, you know, what warehouse did they find full of anabolic steroids to make Kyle Reese so freaking big in this? They did make him really you know, big. You know, you know, Michael Bean is great because he's kind of scrawny and he's sort of like, he's, he doesn't, he looks like, you know, he's barely he's surviving. Scrappy. He's, he's scrappy. scrappy. This guy, he's jacked to shit. Is there a... Equinox open, Equinox Fitness maybe, open in the future. Maybe, still? Uh, maybe. But I mean, if you're living in the dystopian future, uh, where you have to struggle to eat and you have to, everything's still gone. We're at 41 minutes. We should probably end it soon. Oh jeez. <laughs> but you're living in this future where you have to struggle to eat, you have to struggle to survive. You don't have time to work out. You do not have time to go down to GNC. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, those laser guns look heavy. They are heavy, but it's going to make you like Michael Bean, really skinny, scrappy. You're going to be able to tone. Toned. You're going to look toned. You're not going to look jacked. I don't know. So the other thing is, did you stick around till after the credits? Uh, I I actually did not. I I, I didn't either. I, I didn't know that. I drank too much soda. Happen. You know, full you disclosure. I drank too so much soda. I just had to pee. I looked it up online. Apparently, there's a YouTube of it. So I didn't watch it either. I had no idea that it existed. And then someone told me about it later. So at the end, they're like, they're, the camera is panning through the wreckage of the building that collapsed. Uh-huh. And in the wreckage of the building is like Genesis or Skynet still like pulsing in some kind of it's orb. still somehow survived. Yeah, still it's, survived. Even though the every attempt to destroy it still survives. Yes. Okay. So there you go. There, there's the whole T1 to T2. There's something <laughs> remains. And we're going to move on to the next one. So there you go. Okay. All right. I mean... It, it's, okay. it's crazy. <laughs> but I will stick and watch everything. And then, the other, again, I told you they're coming out with a new show based I, on I did Terminator. not know that, actually. Yeah, that's something that's going so to So they're trying out. again. They're going to try again. They're going to try again. And uh, I am always on board for Terminator. I'm always uh, on board. I'll, I'll, I'll stick around for it. A um, couple of little things yeah. I just want to... I just want to... Housekeeping pick stuff. at little little things I want to pick at. Uh, I want to get back to this idea of uh, an operating system that somehow it, it somehow triggers or, or somehow connects into our national defense. Yeah, and it, it and it just has the codes for the ICBMs. Right. I mean, they do make this like sort of brief note where they talk about how. Genesis is going to be linked in with the military right. as well as civilian it's, life, and people are a little concerned right. about that. It's well, kind of like Ronald Reagan's Star Wars kind of thing, and like that I, type of mentality. I don't even think it's the Star Wars mentality, and I think this was them. I think this was the filmmakers trying to make this film a little more contemporary because yeah. obviously in 1984 you were, you know, it was the, it was the Cold War. It right. was heating up again. People were constantly maybe looking over their shoulders, wondering sure. when the bombs were going to drop. Well, you know, we don't really face that as much anymore. So no. even like 92, they make some reference to, right. well, the Russians are our friends now. They, they cool. were trying to sort of make the threat more tangible, more more something that we as a contemporary audience can grasp onto. So, exactly. of course, this idea that we're this connected society and eventually this connectivity will turn on us right. and, and cause our destruction. Well, I mean... It was tough to buy, but I understood where they were going. I, I just, I sort of thought of like somebody like 
got their Genesis pad or whatever, and they immediately were like, you know, let's play a game. How about global thermonuclear war? Do you want to play a game? Do you want to play a game? How about a nice game of chess? No. No, Genesis. I don't want to play Genesis. Let's play global. The other interesting thermo. thing about about the end and how they really did it, and I, I I had a discussion with one of my other friends, and like I I could see like a bunch of board members sitting around discussing how they were going to do it, like studio execs? like a studio exec sit, sitting around going, all right, what do people like? And then someone yelled out. <laughs> How about a countdown at the end of the movie? Gotta have a ticking clock. You gotta have a ticking clock. That gets shorter. It speeds up. Oh, no. Why does it speed up and he grows bigger? Oh, you cut the red wire and it sped up the clock. Oh, no. Hit the green wire. (laughs) Yeah, that that really irked me. And I felt like it was a total studio decision. And I'm sure at some point there's a lot of studio decisions in there, but I'm sure that was one of them. Uh, uh, Okay, so another thing. Another thing. Random Doctor Who cameo. With, was, I don't know Doctor Who. So oh, fill so, me in. so wibbly wobbly the, time. The, the Terminator, so, the Terminator that that grabs John and turns him into whatever the T sixty five hundred T three thousand he turns into from the T five thousand. That that actor, oh, I forget his name. I have to look it up. He Matt Smith, I think. Matt his Smith, name was. yes, thank you. Matt Smith plays. An iteration of Doctor Who. Oh, really? So that I did not know. So I like the idea that a Time Lord is actually, you know, controlling Skynet. Skynet. <laughs> That's nice. I didn't know that. That's really nice. That's really funny. I bet you a lot of fanboys love a that. A lot of fanboys love that. I'm sure. Uh, there were some, you know, just li- uh, little moments. Uh, you know, there was that. There was this one scene in the very beginning. There's this montage uh, that you see of the apocalypse happening, and it's it's presented in this sort of slow-mo it's all these families having a nice picnic outside and then just out of nowhere this bomb just drops everything's vaporizing my favorite was there was this moment where a little kid is on an airplane i did like that and he's looking out the window and he's just sort of like what what is that and he's like he's like looking and he's seeing all these nuclear all these mushroom clouds rising and like an icbm like flying right by his window and and it was like it was like well that's like an American airline like the worst American Airlines ad I've ever seen. Oh, it was terrible. I wonder what I, the weather's like oh, in Cleveland. Oh man, maybe we shouldn't land. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> I like to think that plane's just still yeah, just circling. Cir- the circle keep circling. <laughs> keep circling. Yeah, that was really cute. And I'm always a fan of seeing the end times. Like they did it in three, and they did it in this one. They did it in T two when she dreamt it. Well, T two was really the best. That, that was the best one. That was probably the most disturbing. Yeah nuclear apocalypse right. scene I've ever and I've seen a lot of those I mean I, I unfortunately probably spend seen too many of them yeah. I could do a whole other podcast based on based on nuclear apocalypse yeah. movies but I've had a dream once where I saw the nuclear apocalypse oh it's happen. a recurring dream it's for a me. recurring dream Whenever zombies are for out. me Ugh. oh really yeah oh, okay. I kill a lot of them oh, well, they always get me in the end we'll talk about that later we'll talk about that later I need to know about our, our alright well, do you have any issues? other things you want to discuss because I mean we, uh, there's a lot that we could have talked about there's a lot of stuff like that obviously make up the world that we just skipped over and glanced over but we got to the heart of what we were talking about here and uh i think we did some good work i think we did i i do have one or two other things, two other uh, things. i just want to talk a little bit you know this is an action movie it is an action and i movie. wanted to talk about the action and talk about the the evolution of the action in this series you know it's really we've come 
so far, so far from throwing pipe bombs at the back of a pickup truck. Yep. You know, now we've got just helicopters and they, they really like, it's like planes, trains and automobiles. It's got everything in the, in this one. You yeah. know, I think I remember, I remember in the third one laughing really, really hard when they're driving the fire truck and just like really causing Do you know the story damage. behind that? No, I don't. So the story behind that was they were putting together the budget for it and that scene was cut because there wasn't enough budget for it. And Arnold goes, I, I'll fund it. So he funded that whole scene just himself so that it could happen. Oh, well, that's good, because that really was one of the better scenes. It was movie. great. Yeah, he uh, knew it. Arnold knows, man. He knows what the fans want. Yeah. Uh, I guess my last thing is just that it was just totally a, a, a footnote in this. My viewing experience, right before I sat down to watch this, I saw it with my husband, and he says, you know... If this was a porn parody, this should be the Sperminator penises. Genius. And Absolutely I just, genius. I mean, this, I will say Robbie comes up with a million dollar idea like every day. All right, so this is what I want you to do. Tell Robbie this because I love Robbie and he's got genius ideas. For every movie we talk about, I want him to come up with a porn title. Oh, that's, that's very demanding. It's demanding, but I think he could do it. He has an active imagination. He does. I don't know if it's that active. He does. Uh, but all I could think of when watching this was I was waiting for those moments when it would turn into a porno. And I think the best one was that, you know, there's a moment where Sarah and Kyle decide to go forward. Go forward in To time. 2017. And they have to be in the time machine. And the whole thing is they got to be naked, as you know. Nothing Got to be naked. Nothing, nothing, you know, dead can go through. Or metal. Which or was interesting because he couldn't go because his arm was ripped off and the metal was exposed. So therefore he could not go into the thing to go forward into time. Well, it's just they had, that was convenient. They had to age him. Uh... And just there, so they're there, they're naked, they start floating, and they grab onto each other. And I was just thinking, like, that's the Perfect. scene. Perfect. Sperminator just, right the there. Sperminator is, they're, they're, they're there, they're fucking, and the Sperminator is watching the whole time. Watching the whole thing. That is, like, the perfect setup. <laughs> like, if, if anyone from, so, from Porn Valley is listening to this, make that movie, because it's Please. genius. Please. 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 And then, you know, like, I don't know, what if the guy... I don't want to get. It. I oh <laughs> no, my brain's going. Brain's going shit. active. Brain's going uh, active. So yeah, that's sort of uh, that's sort of my take on this one. Yeah. On, on Genesis. And I the think Terminator the next franchise. one that comes out, we'll come back. We'll talk about some sure. more. We'll we'll get some good sound bites and we'll get really into it. But I think we did a really good job. I am Dave, my host here. Nick. There it is. There I just go. wanted you to introduce yourself. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit, make it shorter, so it sounds like I really yeah, said it exactly. on time this time. And this is When Are We, the podcast about time travel movies. When are we? When are we? When are we? Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>